in the midst of all these regionals and softball and baseball and all that, um, there is football. College football less than 100 days from cranking up. Seth Galina, pro football focus, going to talk a little college football with us. Seth, I can remember, if I'm wrong, please tell me, uh, first of all, welcome, that you were very high on Emory Jones. Tell me about Anthony Richardson and what you think of his prospects. Uh, I, I don't appreciate being outed like that so <laughs> early in the, in the segment. Um, yeah, I, I was. I liked the small sample size. And I think, you know, the more I, you know, we've been doing our PFF College Football Preview magazine. This is going to be our third year. Comes out in July, early July, I believe. And so I watch all the quarterbacks and I watched, you know, even if the quarterback had, you know, 25 pass attempts, uh, 50 pass attempts, I'm, I watch all of them and, and I try and uh, extrapolate from that. And I'm realizing that I probably shouldn't do that anymore. Um, because there's the Emory Jones issue, not a lot of pass attempts. Thought it looked good in the, you know, limited action that he got coming in off the bench, you know, replacing an injured quarterback. Um, and obviously we know what happened there. I'm going to end up doing the same thing with Anthony Richardson because, you know, you, you look, again, it's a small sample size, but you, you like a lot of the things. Now it's different than Emory Jones. What I liked about Emory Jones was it felt like he was um, a really good processor. Um, obviously, he had tools, but like you felt like that's what he was going to give to the program was, was you know, the ability to get to the right receiver and not throw bad interceptions and stuff like that. And obviously, that didn't happen. With Richardson, you're looking at a guy who was extremely toolsy, um, an unbelievable runner, can throw the ball with the flick of the wrist, maybe doesn't, you know, when you saw him, maybe you felt like a lot of the, the throws were schemed up for him rather than him having to go through progressions and stuff like that. So it's a little different, but you're seeing the same type of um, potential, um, again, albeit in a different way, um, from Anthony Richardson that, you, that I thought I saw in Emory Jones. Okay, uh, now <clears throat> let's talk more global things. You know, SEC meetings in Destin, this talk. Look, look it's clear to me that Commissioner Sankey is not happy with his brethren and the power five uh, is just a, is a myth at this point, but there's talk about the sec breaking away, you know, having its own conference champions. I, I don't buy that at all. What do you see in your crystal ball going forward with things like this? Yeah, I think, you know, this is kind of where we are in sports right now. It's just everyone wants to break away and, and do their own thing because it feels like, there's these imbalances. We're seeing it in European soccer. We're obviously seeing it um, here in college football. I think that we're going to get something down the road that is more of a um, national college football league, conference, whatever you wanted to call it, because I just don't it, – it's just going to be hard for, for college football to keep up, uh, for the rest of college football to keep up with, um, and not just most of the SEC, but obviously you have to probably add in there Ohio State and, and probably Michigan and, and a couple other schools like that, maybe Oregon, so USC. So I think we are going to see that eventually. I think this is just natural progression of things, especially when you get all this money involved. Does it kind of suck? Yeah, obviously. But I just I, I can't see another place where it's going 
that, you know, because the, the issue is not really like, it's just the teams that already have money want more money. And the teams that already have a lot of money have the say in, in where the sport goes. And that's how they're going to make more money. So I just, I, I can't see it any other way. Okay. Um, now you don't have to have divisions in college football. Some uh, conferences have already said they're scrapping it. Uh, a, a conference like the SEC, do you think that will happen? Well, I think, you know, obviously things will change when Texas and Oklahoma come into the league. It's too too hard, I think, um, to keep the divisions going. Obviously, geographically, almost impossible when you're adding two teams that, you know, would technically be in the West. Um, given the imbalance already between the West and the East over the past you know, few years. So I think we will see the SEC get rid of it. Now, will they go to a pod system? That's probably the best way. Will they go to another type of system that has a rotation in there? I think that's probably the best way because obviously we've seen that um, the scheduling has been out of whack in terms of who plays who and when. You know, uh, your team is, you know, is, I don't know what the specific Florida thing is there, but they're not seeing – Arkansas for, you know, they're seeing Arkansas once every five years. They're going, they're going to Arkansas once every 10 years. Like that can't happen anymore. And I think the SEC will do its best to change um, that. And it obviously helps them that they don't really even need divisions anymore, like you said. Seth Kalina, our guest, uh, Pro Football Focus. We, we saw the uh, wonderful feud with uh, Saban and with Jimbo Fisher. Uh, do you think at uh, the, the meetings in Destin that Greg Sankey gets him in a room and says, okay, fellas, enough. What do you think happens with this? Yeah, probably at some point. I mean, I think they've already, if, if they haven't done that already, um, you know, like probably right out within a week after this whole thing happened. I mean, it's funny to me just because it's weird that I, I, they're all doing it. <laughs> like, am I wrong? Like they're all doing it. They all know each other. That's to me the craziest thing. They all have. They all know each other's skeletons in their closets. Um, they've all coached together, so I thought that was weird that uh, Saban would go after some guy who knows him relatively well. I guess I guess it's been a while since they coached together, and just the fact that um, you know the secret—that's not really a secret—is that they're all recruiting like this, and they have been recruiting like this for a long time. So yeah, I think thank you probably just getting in there, and it's not even like make up. You know what I mean? It's not even like handshake and make up. It's really just like, uh, uh, let's keep this quiet as much as we possibly can um, because everyone knows we're doing it, but uh, no one wants to say it out loud. So that's kind of where I see their, the mending there between those two guys. I'll end with this. Given the initial guidelines set forth now after the wild, wild west that was the NIL, et cetera, where do you see that going, Seth? Because, you know, they're guidelines. And, and that's all they are at this point. What do you see in the future with this? Yeah, I think this is, you know, the issue is always going to be the same where the, guy, the people with money already are going to um, just have more going forward because you you can keep paying. I mean, like, that, I'd say I don't think anything really changes in terms of the structure of college football in terms of who's winning games. That's not going to change because the teams that were already spending a lot of money under the table are just going to keep spending a lot of money, but it'll be public. So 
So to me, I don't think that changes. I think you're going to have a flurry of this. I mean, we're still in this very early stage. We have a ton of transfers. I mean, the transfer rule plus NIL at the same time has created this wild, wild west type of landscape. I think that will settle down, and then we're we're going to end up with the same same teams that win divisions and conferences and national titles every year. I don't think that's really going to change. Um, you're obviously looking for a tipping point. Is that like Jacksonville State? You know what I mean? Sorry, is that Jackson State? Like, you know, them picking up a bunch of really good players uh, at a lower level and then that changes things and, and, and players think, hey, maybe I can go and play there and still get my shot at the NFL and win some games. I don't know because, honestly, it didn't happen in, in basketball where you could have had more, you know, one-and-done players say, hey, I can go to this to any program, have a good season, and maybe win some games and still be a top pick, and that really didn't happen. You know, Duke and North Carolina and, and Kentucky and Kansas still get the best players. So I, I don't see it really changing much. I just think it's good, you know, the players are going to make some money, um, you know, like over the table. And I think that's really the only thing that's going to change. Okay. I know, Seth, you got a lot going on here uh, with Pro Football Focus, so I'll give you a chance to plug what, what you got coming up. Yeah, like I said, the main thing is College Triple Preview Magazine. Um, like I said, it's our third time doing it. I think it's our best one yet. Um, I, you can't get this type of stats um, that we give you. Um, I think it's six pages per um, the, uh, per Power 5 team plus plus the teams that are coming into the Power 5 in the next couple of years. You can't get this type of information anywhere else, so I highly recommend it. Uh, the PFF College Football Preview Magazine, I think out July 5th. Okay. Seth, I appreciate your time as always. Thank you. Always. Anytime. Yep.